1: figures on the ground are what's needed to transform the laneways of Limerick City Centre according to Councillor Dan McSweeney of Fine Gael. Limerick councillors were presented with a laneway strategy of uh, of Limerick City at the special meeting of the Molot- Metropolitan Area. The original study looked at 25 laneways in the city centre with 7 of these laneways being described uh, to a greater level of detail. Councillor McSweeney spoke to Live95's Nigel Dugdale. He says strategies are all very well but they mean very little to the general
2: public. The Limerick City and County Council have been working on for some time. It's disappointing that we've seen no work to date, physical work to date on the streets. So I suppose going forward Limerick City and County Council need to get diggers on the laneways and get works completed. I do believe we should select one laneway and deliver that laneway to set the model of what we can do on the laneways throughout Limerick City.
3: And just talk to me a little bit about what your understanding from the very outset was about the laneways project. What for, for listeners who didn't know anything about it, what was planned?
2: So I suppose it's all about enticing people to use the laneways of Limerick City. Limerick City had a huge culture of the laneways where the centre of the city in times gone by, children played there, you know, business was carried out on laneways. So it is a crucial part of our city. And not alone... The laneways form a crucial part of our day-to-day life in the city. It also allowed people to commute throughout the city walking uh, in a safe uh, manner. And, you know, that's why the laneways are so crucial uh, for our city.
3: There is funding available for the project, but some have said that maybe the, the funding is being spread too thinly. Um, that would be Would that be something that you would agree with?
2: Well, look, absolutely. We need to see work start now. We need to select our one, two laneways and get it delivered and at least we have our model to go on and deliver more laneways as more funding becomes available. Some laneways can be addressed really easily, you know, with minimal work. Some laneways will take extensive work but we need to start and do it on a a phased basis where we start with one laneway and spread along as funding becomes available.
3: We've seen the O'Connell Street project and it has taken a, a longer time than maybe was expected. You know, could something like this possibly put people who use the city regularly just totally out and say, you look, there's so many things going on in the city, we just need to wait for one to finish?
2: Absolutely. Look, the O'Connell Street development has been issued from day one. Um, you know, it's something that has really annoyed local traders, local residents and commuters into our city. So I suppose the reputation of how we deliver work in the city is not good. Limerick City and County Council have a lot of work to do to ensure people are confident that they can deliver what they set out in a timely manner with minimal effect um, to residents, traders and commuters. So I suppose we are starting off on the back foot. We don't have a good track history um, in delivering the O'Connell Street development, which has gone on for some time now. You know, So we do need to win back the confidence. Of the people of Limerick City.
3: And final question: You know, if you were to be, you're obviously not a designer, but if you were to be someone who thought about what an ideal small Limerick Lane might look like from a functioning and a, from a visual perspective, what would you? What would your thoughts be?
2: Look, I suppose each laneway is unique, and each laneway will require its own interventions. But I suppose we need to start off simply. The laneways need to need to be able to function as a transport link for walkers and cyclists and all that and it can but that's what I think we need to start with we need to start with the basics and then you know spruce it up and put in street lighting etc so it's very some interventions can be very simple and very cost effective in how we do it and I have seen one laneway in the city where they have just lit it up and they've cleaned it up and it has made it that little bit more attractive okay we need to go further than that but it's a start
1: That's Councillor Dan McSweeney there talking to Live 95's uh, Nigel Dugdale. Now we're joined uh, by a few guests on this. I'm going to go first to uh, Helen O'Donnell from Limerick City Business Association. Good morning Helen, how are you? Can you hear me there Helen? Is Helen there? I think Helen might be gone. Can you hear me Helen? Maybe not. Okay, well we cross to the studio here we have Councillor Olivia O'Sullivan with us. Um, Olivia, this is about opportunities and what can be done. Um, what's your take on
4: it all? Okay, well, I guess to give you the context, uh, it was very interesting listening to Councillor McSweeney's piece there. Um, so I called a special, as Cahirlock, I called a special meeting of the Metropolitan District last week because there's a, a. There's obviously a number of really high-profile projects underway in the city at the moment, but there's a lot of other work that needs to be done as well. And the high-profile projects are really dominating the discussion. Um, and, and, and I had councillors talking to me about various work And I felt that we needed to have public discussions about the other work that needs to be done and we can't let the high-profile projects um, dominate to the detriment of some of the other work. So we had a meeting where we discussed um, the wayfinding strategy for Limerick, the laneways strategy, um, the market area in High Street, Nicholas Street, and also there was an update on the World Class Waterfront. So as you can see, a lot of the work that's going on, the periphery around the O'Connell Street and maybe things like Opera and so on, we need to be discussing these things Yes, everybody's frustrated with the councilors, but we can't keep talking about it and kicking the tires. We need to move on and see, you know. well personally, I really wanted us to have these public discussions because a lot of this work was on behind the scenes and we get briefings as councillors. But again, it's, we need people to hear it on a, in a public domain um, about some of the other work going on. And also as councillors, it's up to us to hold the uh, council executive to, to account. So we want to bring them into the public domain and get them to talk about this work in the public domain and make the commitments in a public way. So the lane maze was one of the items that we discussed. Um, Work was undertaken, it started in 2020 and was uh, uh, completed last year by um, uh, Rosie Webb and it was a Laneways project and she engaged with, because this won't be anything new to some people who were engaged with that project so she was um, talking with a lot of people, uh, stakeholders of Laneways, so people who live there or have businesses on there, they were engaged with this project and there was a lot of work done at that time a research project, Um, she was focused on the Georgian neighbourhood um, but there will be businesses who, who made their own plans, submitted their own ideas about what they could do with their laneways. I mean, obviously you can hear Councillor McSweeney, sometimes it's quite basic. Look at the lighting, look at the surface, look at the planting. Um, but, but one of the big factors in a lot of laneways is actually the bins. The bins that are being left in there, which makes them completely unappealing for any other use. That's one of the biggest things that's going to have to be tackled around them. And what about antisocial behaviour? Is that a problem as well in certain laneways? I get, well, if the laneway is being used, it's safer. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have a laneway that maybe a business is using it, it makes it a safer laneway. So, um, like, we have to remember the history. And uh, I spoke about it at the meetings. I'd been at the play Pigtown the night before and was reminded of all that history we have about our laneways. And actually, if you look at, um, you know, the Netflix, um, Angela's Christmas, that Mm -hmm. that Limerick based cartoon um, about Frank McCourt's mother, Angela, when she was a little child. And most of that is her, you know, there's so much, there's so many scenes of her running through laneways in that and there's um, buskers in the laneways and that kind of life existed in Limerick when we had a bigger population in the city, there was more people on foot. That's the direction we're hoping to, heading back, to head back to, um, to get more people living in the city and get people out of cars. So we need to look at the laneways. I don't know if they're all as connected as they were in that time, but there certainly are a lot of them. And So we need to figure out, I guess, first of all, what what is the activity for that laneway? It may, it may be a residential laneway. Um, and then we need to, you know, look at it from a residential perspective. What do you want to do in that laneway as the local residents living there and design it for that? Or it may have a business use or a community use. Um, so there's various activities and they all have their own identity. Okay,
1: uh, Councillor Sasha Novick, I hope, is on the line. Are you there, Sasha? Hi, Anne-Marie. Hi, yeah, how, you how are you um, doing?
0: You.
1: What's your take on this?
0: I would have a very similar opinion to what Councillor O'Sullivan there said, even Dan McSweeney earlier. Um, it, it's been a project that's a long time in the making, a long time coming, Uh, very there's some laneways as dan said that need very little work and can be done i think in fairness to the council during the pandemic some of the laneways have been screwed up and used uh, put into public use Uh, but it's true that the bins in the cities in in those lanes they just take the life out of those of those lanes and if some solution can actually be delivered, we've been talking, or, or the executive has been talking The bins now seems
1: to be, you've both mentioned bins seems to be an issue and things like that that are an eyesore. What about some lanes are public lanes and some lanes are private lanes?
0: I, I mean, we, we have to have a, a, a strategy that covers both, both right? And even if they are in private ownership, uh, th- there, there should be something that's appealing of making that lane a more attractive space that can be used either by businesses or by residents or by people walking through, that, that makes it a better place to live and easier to control. I know that I'm, I'm not sure whether they are private or, or public owned language, but we've had calls uh, or have had requests for some of the lanes to be closed because of antisocial behaviour. So to restrict access to them because of antisocial behaviour, I don't think this is the way to go. I think, um, as Olivia was saying there, if you have a more presence of people in the with if you make them attractive, you that, that that is a way of tackling this antisocial behaviour as well. So I think if we have an overarching strategy that is appealing both to you know people who own the lanes or 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 is there a private own or public ownership? Sorry, then we can make them a more attractive space So what would there you is. like
1: to see in the laneways? Um, when you say make them more attractive, are you talking about plants? Are you talking about areas to sit? Are you talking about having businesses serve their oh. coffee out in the
0: laneway? It, that, that's one of the aspects, yeah. So we've seen that there's a very different um, aspect to different laneways, right? In, in in certain areas, you have people living on them. In certain areas, you have businesses on them, uh, retailers or hospitality businesses. Some of the laneways are more like uh, transport corridors. So each of them needs a different approach. But I'd like to see them, you know, I mean, if, for example, one of the things that's probably a common uh, issue is that there are things in most of them. So if you remove them, you remove an obstacle, you make the place look better. You can add, I don't know, you can paint uh, paint uh, uh, areas that are in poor condition. You can put planters, you can put, you know, little architectural touches that can make a huge difference, as we've seen uh, with different parklets happening in the city, you know. Um, little okay. things that can make a big difference.
4: Uh,
1: Olivia, what about that issue of public and private laneways? You, you'll have... Businesses, um, people, residents, people who own the the areas, and it may just cost money, and they're not going to do that.
4: Well, I guess what the and it could be one
1: of the eyesores as well, you know. Yeah, well,
4: I guess what the council can, can, can control in the beginning, initially in this project at least, are the public laneways because they have the control over that, and then it's up to the get the buy in of if it's businesses that own the laneways, for example, if they're using it as a car park or bin storage or a combination of both then I I, I mean the council can can, can lead to so much but we really need buy in then from the businesses and we need them to get on board um, and if they have certain f- functions that they need to function as, fair enough but please can you, can you you know maybe we need to shame them into it, <laughs> sorry to put it so
1: bluntly. Yeah and but there could maybe, be opportunity you know. for some businesses as I was saying a while ago you know it could be a coffee shop that
4: could extend or,
1: or whatever. Well I think
4: there'd be huge demand for that because mm. we've already seen that some of the bars are, are good at using the laneways and during Covid we saw, you know, we definitely saw businesses using their outdoor spaces that hadn't been used before, um, is it uh, Theatre Lane is one example that comes to mind um, and there was definitely a big demand for that and I think there still is because that kind of European cafe culture is very appealing now in our, in our context and people want a, li- a little bit more of that. Some people I know think that the cafe is just mushroom or the city centre is mushrooming cafes all over the place but they wouldn't all be open if there wasn't a demand for them so we need to find a balance of that around the city but I do think um, the outdoor culture is here to stay again though it's not going to be for all laneways we have to remember there will be a residential um, Mm -hmm. element to some laneways Um, and if you lived um, in a laneway in the city and your door was opening out wouldn't you like your your children to be able to play outside in the laneway maybe um, like we've seen it actually off Barrington Street there's a laneway where they have um, a crate, planters like a they call it vertical farming, this is like vertical horticulture where there's a crate up on the, or a pallet up on, uh, pallets on the walls and they're actually, plant, you know, growing herbs and so on in them. There are loads of creative ways that um, our laneways can be used and interesting things done to them. Um, colour, lighting, the surface, planting, um, seating if that's suitable. And I'm so just going to go
1: back to the lines. Is Helen O'Donnell there? Helen, are you back with us? Hello, good morning. Uh, good morning, Hi. Helen. Don't know what happened there with your line. So, you've had an interest in this for a long time, I believe. What's your take on all of it, and what would you like to see
0: happening?
5: Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, Before before COVID, we had um, a plan for Daly's Lane. We were involved with a number of um, different volunteer organisations who were leads in uh, Lane projects, and we took Daly's Lane, which is just beside Rift there the bell table backs onto it, and Genium backs onto it, a number of offices. It's a Georgian area of the city. So we had, um, had a really uh, interesting plan with planting, and um, really it was trying to make a carbon neutral area in the city, because you have a lot of cars there, you have lights, the cars are constantly pulling up and spewing out carbon. So we were looking at having um, having uh, green walls, planting. It's a it's a challenge, and everything both of you have just mentioned um, is um, factual in terms of you have to have a plan, you have to have buy-in from all the building owners, because it's the back of somebody's building. Sometimes they don't even remember that it's going out of the lane. They just drive out there, drive in, in the morning, drive out in the evening, and so their access is really important. So we found quite a few challenges, but um, uh, then COVID hit, and it wasn't developed. It's, I suppose, uh, lighting, lighting, um, uh, Appropriate lighting, um, safety, making sure that this is not a through lane, um, and making sure that people would feel comfortable. Some of the businesses were very enthusiastic about it. Others were a little bit apprehensive. We wanted to have herbs and fruit trees, espaliered fruit trees, growing along walls. Some of the people were saying, oh, "You know, if you know children um, touch them, and there's any needles or anything, and you know, so people have anxieties the minute you put something like this up." So you have to make it very safe and very... But you can actually walk right through Limerick, through the lanes. You always could. Some of them have been closed off. Um, I don't know, um, you know, if they can be reopened again. But you should be able to go the whole way around the back of all the city. And that, if was a trail, if you had a um, small shop, small, you know, um, interesting... And they should be cheap as well for people to rent because it's the back of somebody's building and it can easily open up onto the lane and have a small unit Um, because in other places it's very successful you could have art you could have street art you could have um, art exhibitions so there's lots but you must have people and where you have people you have more security and people feel safe
1: OK thanks Helen um Olivia, where are we at with this now? What's next? We're all talking about it. Some of it sounds great. You need a buy-in from businesses,
4: but when could we see action and, well, ha- and how would that so work? The work that was done today was part of the research project and she produced a guide, documents, and, and, and toolkit. Um, there's a new placemaking uh, department in Limerick City Council. There's been a reshuffle inside there, um, reorganisation. And so this project is now lying um, within that department and there's a meeting with council members in um, January with the person who's now responsible. So it's a, it, um, it's taking the research that's been done so far and then that person has to drive it on. The proposal was made there by Councillor McSweeney at the meeting as well about taking one lane. Can we please pilot one lane, take one mm. and go for it? So that's where the conversation is going to be at in in. So January. a lane
1: has to be decided and all of that. There's no... There's no decisions as to where this is going to start yet, or anything. No, like that. January. Yeah. Like we, we've yeah. been assured yeah. that we're
4: having a meeting in January to follow up this conversation. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there, isn't there? There is actually. Helen reminded me when she was speaking there about the um, the potential of the arts within the laneways. Yeah. In in 2014, during Limerick City of Culture, there was a wonderful laneways project, and uh, I can't remember the name of the artist that did it, but they paired up um, seven schools with seven laneways. And um, they got them to create artwork around the around the history of the the laneway, um, and then it was a a, light, a lighting project. So they projected the the art onto the the roof and the walls of the laneways. I'm not sure if you remember it, but it was a really beautiful project at the time. But it showed some of the potential back then. Um, it opened up our eyes, I suppose, to the laneways back then. So I'd like to think that maybe that was the little nugget that that, that triggered some of this work.
1: And is there funding there? Is is this?
4: There is because it's under. Um, without getting into all the detail next, I don't have to stop me. It's under the ORDF funding. I think it's the Living City Centre initiative. There is funding set okay. aside for this.
1: Brilliant. Okay. Listen. Thanks very much for coming into studio. Thanks to Councillor Sasha Novick for joining us as well, and also Helen O'Donnell there on the line.
3: Your views.
0: Your news. Your limerick today with Joe Nash on Live ninety five.